Don't let anybody tell you that you have to suffer and you have to live this life which is limited by Hashimoto's. Do not settle for a life that you do not enjoy. If you want to live like you matter, ditch the pills, look great, and feel freaking amazing, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Wendy Trubo. I'm Dr. Ed Levitan. Welcome to the Five Journeys Podcast. Where we empower you to live a vibrant and healthy life by optimizing your structural, chemical, emotional, social, and spiritual lives. Hang on to your hats. Welcome to another episode of Five Journeys Podcast, Live Like You Matter. We're privileged to be joined by Dr. Anshul Gupta. He's a best-selling author, speaker, researcher, and world expert on Hashimoto's disease. He's board certified in family medicine with advanced certification in functional medicine, peptide therapy, and also a fellowship trained in integrative medicine. Through his innovative approach towards Hashimoto's disease, he has helped thousands of patients to reverse their unresolved symptoms and live their life to the fullest. Dr. Gupta, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's a privilege to be here. We're delighted. So I think we have to start at the beginning, right? What is Hashimoto's? Yeah, wonderful. That's a good question, I think. Uh, because a lot of people kind of, you know, think Hashimoto's and uh, hypothyroidism or low thyroid issues are exactly the same issues. But I want to let the audience know that they are not. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition where your body is actually producing antibodies, which is destroying the thyroid gland. And that actually ultimately leads to hypothyroidism. So Hashimoto's is a one reason that people get hypothyroid, but they're not exactly the same. Now, in the current scenario, actually, Hashimoto's is the number one reason of hypothyroidism. Initially, when actually people got diagnosed with hypothyroidism, the number one reason a decade ago was iodine deficiency. But in the current scenario, because we have iodine kind of fortification in our salt and everything else, that reason is almost obsolete. We don't see iodine deficiency anymore. So the number one reason is actually Hashimoto's now these days. So one thing, you know, like a lot of people have this question and maybe a lot of people do not understand is they ask me this question, well, what does actually thyroid do? You know, like I, I understand that, you know, I have a thyroid that produces thyroid hormone, but what does it actually do? So thyroid, I call is a like is a metabolic hormone. Basically, this is responsible for like, you know, taking care of the metabolic needs of the body, which means basically energy production. You know, like our body is responsible for energy production. If, if there is no energy, we will not be able to function. So thyroid plays a key role in actually helping the mitochondria and other body to function in the appropriate manner, especially like, you know, taking care of the metabolic needs and the energy needs. So that's the main function of the thyroid. But the thyroid receptors are present all over our body. Each and every organs of our body has thyroid hormone receptors. So that means thyroid hormone binds to that receptors and is responsible for optimal function of that organ system. So basically, if you do not have thyroid hormone, literally, we will not be able to live. So that's the key and that's the importance of thyroid hormone. Yep. No, that's great. I really, I want to back up and and go to the basics of what is some of the symptoms of Hashimoto's and like, how do people know that they might have Hashimoto's and what is hypothyroidism? Let's talk, let's get first to the basics. And then we can talk about how how to help it. Salt, salt. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. So, so uh, the, the the most common symptoms of people that present with Hashimoto's is that you know they have issues with weight gain or inability to lose weight. Then they feel tired or fatigued. 
then they have gut related problems like constipation or IBS then they have mood changes like feeling depressed or anxious then infertility actually is a big issue that a lot of females are seeing because of Hashimoto's then we have other issues you know like skin problems or hair problems with hair falling or hair thinning again a major complaint that a lot of females have with uh, Hashimoto's also and then brain fog that is another symptom that you know I see a lot of females coming to me and uh, that they're presenting with brain fog or ADHD like symptoms so I think those are all like you know list of symptoms that happens with Hashimoto's now these are very very common or like you know symptoms with hypothyroidism also so in hypothyroidism basically what happens is that your you know thyroid gland is supposed to produce this thyroid hormone and in hypothyroidism your thyroid gland is cannot keep up with the demand of the body of thyroid hormone so the low thyroid hormone is responsible for giving us all these symptoms your description of of hypothyroidism and hashimoto's kind of like every human walking <laughs> or every female i see with weight gain brain fog fatigue issues getting pregnant hair loss i mean it's kind of like everyone yeah well that's where i was going to go is everywhere what how do we distinguish that versus Arable bile that has a gluten sensitivity. How do we? What are the testings, or what? Are, how do we distinguish Hashimoto's from all the other things we do in functional medicine? Exactly. Again, a very good question. The re, so the the question is really good because we do not do appropriate testing for thyroid in general. Conventional medicine, you know, we are all taught up just to check one lab, which is the TSH, which only tests, you know, like tells us whether you know, like our body is not able to keep up with the thyroid hormone production or not. But, you know, if you actually look for Hashimoto's, then we have to do much more detailed thyroid testing, which includes a T3 hormone, the T4 hormone, and along with that, antibody levels. So there are two antibody levels, you know, which are the thyroid peroxidase and as well as the thyroglobulin antibodies that needs to be checked. So these are the basic tests. You know, whoever has any of these symptoms that we mentioned, which you literally said almost every second person or every second female that you see has these symptoms. But these tests, the good part is that are available in all the labs. And they're covered by a majority of their insurance. So everybody should get these testing done so that they can know they have Hashimoto's or not. If these tests are negative, then this is kind of, then obviously they have to look for other reasons, you know, for their symptoms. So obviously Hashimoto's is going to be treated differently than hypothyroidism, which does not have an autoimmune component. So first off, <clears throat> it sounds like you're testing on everyone. So you're going to know up front whether it's straight up hypothyroid hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, or something else. So how are you treating them, and is there a difference? There is a big difference, you know, and that's where, again, the conventional medicine, you know, kind of, you know, is not very helpful for, you know, like a lot regular folks. Because in conventional medicine, there is no differentiating factor between hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. The treatment is the same. Just giving everybody levothyroxine, that's the only treatment they have. But in functional medicine, you know, like we have actually differentiating factors. Hypothyroidism, the main problem is low thyroid hormone and they need thyroid hormone supplementation. But in Hashimoto's, the underlying problem is actually totally different. It is this autoimmune component, these antibodies which are destroying the thyroid gland. So in functional medicine, we actually make protocols to help lower these antibody levels so that the destruction of the thyroid is, you know, like stopped. And we can sometimes actually able to recover the thyroid so that the body starts functioning the thyroid hormone, which is needed by it. So let's pause for a second. You're basically saying you have found a way to tell the body to be kind to itself and stop destroying itself, right? Right. So 
Can you have normal thyroid function then, but still have an autoimmune disease? And how do you approach those people? Very important question, you know, and that's the reason the complete testing is very important. Because again, if you only check the TSH, then you only are checking for that amount of destruction that the thyroid needs to stop producing the thyroid hormone. But I see so many folks that their thyroid hormone levels are normal, but their antibody levels have always been high. And nobody has done anything about it. So if we actually, you know, like work on these folks, you know, like, you know, like on a timely fashion, we can stop the destruction of the thyroid gland. And these people actually can be safeguarded from going to the hypothyroid side. So what do you do for them? Good. So that's where my three-step process comes. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> it's only three steps. Five minutes, right? Three major steps, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just three steps and you'll be all good. <laughs> I promise. So basically these three steps, you know, like first we are actually looking at what is causing the trigger or what is causing the destruction of the thyroid gland. Because most people think, well, one day I just got autoimmune disease. Well, not really, you know, like your body doesn't think one day that, okay, well, I'm just going to start destroying myself. That never happens. There has to be a reason. And that's where, you know, we functional medicine doctors are trained to kind of find the reason why, you know, why is body destroying. So that's the very first step of finding the right triggers of those folks, you know. So I've divided these triggers into the five different categories. So these, you know, triggers are first category is food sensitivities. You know, food is medicine, but food can also harm your thyroid or can lead to destruction of the thyroid gland. You know, so food sensitivity is number one. The second is nutritional deficiencies. Our body needs certain vitamins and minerals to function properly. A lot of times, because of a poor lifestyle or even the environment we are living in, our body gets low on certain vitamins and minerals, which triggers Hashimoto's. The third, you know, like the underlying problem is toxins. You know, our body time and again, you know, in our environment, you know, is being pounded with more and more new toxins every day, more chemicals in an environment. So that again leads to the trigger of Hashimoto's. The fourth is stress or trauma. You know, we are living in a stressful world. You know, sometimes work is stressful. You know, sometimes it can be relationships or divorce or even pregnancy. That never happens. Relationships are, Relationships are, are never right. stressful. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so even pregnancy, you know, like can be so stressful for a, like, you know, for female bodies. And we see that trigger of Hashimoto's that happens after the delivery, because that's a big change in female's body. I think people think of it like, well, it was a joyful event. And my response is, but it's still a stressor. Even if it's not stressful, it was a stressor. And people forget that those major life changes, even when joyful, can be extremely, they can tax the body. That's all. Exactly. And, you know, like, that's what I always like, whenever I'm working with a client with Hashimoto's, I say, well, why don't you go back to the time where actually you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's and look like a year before that, you know, you know, what kind of was happening in your life? And almost like 70 to 80% of people will go back and they will say, oh, yeah, this happened or that happened or that was a stressful moment in my life. So the stress and trauma is such a big trigger that most of us basically ignore it. But that's a very, very important reason that people do get Kashimoto's. So that's my fourth category. Well, the fifth category, which is the infections. Okay. So, you know, like we deal with a lot of infections like viruses, Epstein-Barr virus infection, or in, like, you know, infectious mononucleosis. Then there are a lot of parasites can trigger Hashimoto's. Then obviously like Lyme disease and other things can also do that. So these are the big five categories, you know, which are responsible for triggering the Hashimoto's. That's the very first step of identifying what all triggers are present, what all the root causes of the patient is there. 
And then actually the second step is, you know, like start fixing the problem. The second step is, you know, where I developed this mitothyroid diet. So this mitothyroid diet. So interestingly, like, you know, as you guys might know, like, you know, there are so many different diets in the market, like AIP diet, paleo diet, you know, uh, SIBO diet and all those things. But interestingly, nobody has made a very, very specific diet for the thyroid gland, right? You know, we can use the AIP diet for thyroid patients. Yes, you know, we can use a paleo diet. But the thyroid gland has specific requirements, right? As we already know about it. So this in this mitothyroid diet, the very first step that we do is what we call as elimination of things, which we kind of consider like, you know, are the triggers for more majority of the folks. This is similar to the elimination process where we are removing foods. So that's the very first step. So certain foods which I feel are triggered for majority of the Hashimoto's patients, you know, are the gluten, dairy, soy, corn. Uh, you know, sugar, processed food, processed meats. So all of those foods, you know, that we know are triggers for majority of the autoimmune diseases are also triggers for Hashimoto. So that's the very first step that you do, but that can easily be done by anybody who has Hashimoto's. Food's a huge trigger for people. And so you're going to get people from all walks of life. They're going to either be the people who already said to you, yeah, I've been doing AIP for years. And then you say, oh, well, you can eat more than you're eating. Or you have the people who are like, what's gluten-free? So what are you recommending to people who have not done any elimination of foods? Is there a system that you say, start with this, move to this, or do you just wipe the slate clean? How, how do you recommend they approach that? So if the people are totally naive to what the healthy diet is, then I generally start them first with introducing the concept of like, you know, what is the quality of food? Because a lot of people come to see me and they feel that they have been doing a healthier version of the diet which is basically they said, well, you know, I'm following a diet which is a thousand calories or less, but I'm still not able to lose weight. But on those diet, you know, whether they're eating an ice cream or whether they're eating blueberries is exactly the same. It's just the calories that matters. So I help them understand it's not about the calories, it's about the quality of the food. Ice cream and blueberries are not the same. They go well together, though. <laughs> <laughs> no heckling the guests, please. No, no, no. I'm just thinking out loud. <clears throat> yes. So, so you're talking about nutrient density. And the quality and phytonutrients, not just calories. Exactly. So that's the first thing I introduced to them, you know, like, okay, we'll help them understand that, make better choices. Once they're ready for it, then I actually introduce a concept of actually removing foods, which are totally unhealthy or a trigger. So that's where I introduce a concept of gluten, you know, like why gluten is bad and how they can be gluten free and then the dairy free. So those are the things that, you know, definitely I start eliminating first before I go into the other like detailed things for those folks. So you start with the food and then what happens? So food, then definitely we work actually on some supplements. So, you know, like uh, there are certain supplements which could be helpful to supporting both thyroid as well as the mitochondria. So that's what we start off with. So some of the supplements in that situations will be uh, zinc is a very important supplement for thyroid. Selenium is an important supplement for thyroid. Magnesium is good for both thyroid as well as mitochondria. Then vitamin D, you know, like a lot of people, most of the folks are low in vitamin D. Uh, so that's another supplement that we introduce. D or B? D like David or B like buzzing B? So both, but definitely D. <laughs> D for David, the first go, and then B for, you know, like a boy in the second step, okay? Because, you know, the problem is that how many supplements can you introduce into a person? You know, I'm not a fan of introducing like 30 supplements, you know, like uh, to my clients in one go. Generally, you start with like a few supplements and then, you know, like add a few more, like, you know, as we go along, depending on the needs. So that is what we do. Do you use things that are blended or are you doing one zinc and one B12 and one vitamin D3? How are you approaching that? 
Yeah, no, no, no. I definitely use the blends. You know, I like the blends so much. You know, because these all work synergistically. You know, like these are not standalone vitamins. What I call is that you know, our body is a symphony. It is made with so many instruments which are kind of you know going on together. So we cannot kind of differentiate you know like one or the other. So we have to use these blends in of all these supplements together so that the whole system starts working again. So definitely, I'm a big fan of blends. That's what I use. Oh, are, are you doing the toxins eval at the outset for people? Because it seems like there's sort of levels and categories, right? So a portion of people are going to respond to just diet. A portion of people need diet and nutrient deficiency treated. And then you're left with the toxic group, right? So do you start your toxins evaluation at the beginning? Or do you wait to see who's not a responder and then make them do the testing? Where do you put that? Right. So actually, I would, I do that in, in a, again in a two-step fashion. So everybody who has Hashimoto's will have some level of toxins. So what I feel is that, you know, those everybody with Hashimoto should start optimizing their natural detox channels in their body. So what I feel is that there are five detox channels, you know, in our body, which are naturally present. One is, you know, our sweat glands, you know, like through sweating, you know, like we eliminate the toxins which go out of the body. So that's where the saunas get, you know, uh, their like in the properties. The second way is, you know, uh, through kidneys. So again, most of the people do not drink in a water. So again, I tell them, push them to drink in a water, good quality water. Uh, so that's the easy way to doing it, right? And then the, the third is through your gut, right? So having regular bowel movements, you know, everybody, you know, like must have at least one, you know, like they can have more, that is great. So then the fourth channel that the detoxifies, you know, is through your liver. So again, you know, like, you know, helping them to pick better food choices, which can support their liver. So that's another thing that, you know, definitely be worth it. So fifth is the lymphatic channels, you know, like, you know, that that's where the dry brushing comes into place, you know, which again, people can do easily. So these are free things, you know, people don't have to spend a lot of money, but they can definitely be very, very helpful in optimizing the detox channels. So this again, when people get started with us, I always tell people, well, along with the diet, if you can start doing these things, this will, this will be nice. And then, you know, after that, even if after doing these things, people are not getting better. That's where we actually go with like, you know, full evaluation of the detoxification and then kind of figuring out what toxins they have and then making a specific protocol for it. So how long does it take to actually recover? Like, let's say you all do all this stuff and you get back on track. You take your supplements, you do your saunas, you eat the foods, you eat a good diet that's right for your and body. you're perfect, right? You're always perfect? Perfect. It has to be perfect. You can't, you're always perfect. You can't deviate one bit. <laughs> How long does it take? What's the range? Obviously, everybody's different. What's the range? And of 100 people that you see, how many actually people do you see recover? It's never 100%. Now that's an important question. And that's what, you know, like I ask a lot of my clients. It's okay, what does that mean by re recovery or by reversing, right? So for me, the recovery process starts with when people start feeling better, right? Because the quality of life is the most important thing with thyroid patients. So that's what I say is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you, your quality of life is back, you know, you're feeling good. That's one aspect of recovery. The second aspect of recovery is obviously looking at the antibody levels. So improvement in the antibody levels is the second aspect that we work with our clients, you know, and getting them better. Now, again, you know, like getting the antibody levels back to normal or back to zero is never the, like the goal. Because once people have Hashimoto's, there will be certain levels of antibodies which will be present. But if we can get them, because people that come to see me, you know, like their antibody levels are like 2000 or 3000 range, but they should be like less than 30, right? You know, so you know, like if we can bring them in a sustainable range of, let's say 100 or like, you know, 50 or something, 
that's a win-win for me from 2000 to like you know 100 that's great right so that's the second thing definitely improvement in antibodies we're looking at how long does that take so between four to six months between when we repeat the like the levels obviously the within within like you know a couple of months their symptoms start improving that's the first thing within four to six months you know the antibody level starts getting better and then within like six to six months to one year is that the maximum benefit people will see that the antibody levels will reach a trough level, like whether they're back to normal or whether they are actually uh, in the range which is acceptable. And the third thing we actually see is that, you know, sometimes reduction of the medic medication dosage or actually even people are able to get off the medicine dosage. So that again takes between six months to one year uh, because I'm a little bit more gentle with my clients getting off the medicine. I'm not the one that, okay, well, day one, okay, you stop all medicines. I, I generally don't do that. What kind of compliance do you have with, because food is such a trigger for people. So, how, so what are you considering compliant and what's the excursion rate at which people can still expect to see improvement, but not be perfect because humanity isn't perfect. And that's what we believe in. You know, like whenever clients come to see me, they want to do everything in a perfect sense. I always tell them it is nothing like perfection. This is life. You know, life is going to throw, you know, things at you. You, know, you will not be able to do things perfectly in all sense. If you try to be perfect, then actually you're creating another problem of stress. And stress will actually make things worse. So don't do that. So let's say like try to do your level best. If you are 70 to 80% compliant with the diet, that's awesome. That is more than, you know, like, you know, that will give you the benefit. But, you know, like what I tell also my clients is that just listen to your body. There will be specific food, you know, which as soon as you eat, your body will tell you that the worst food, you know, like that you can consume. So if that is the signal that you're getting from the body, then try to be staying away from it for like as much as you can, which happens mostly with like gluten or dairy. People will say, okay, well, I, I gave gluten for four weeks, but you know, like I had like a pizza or something, you know, like when I was like on a birthday party or somewhere else. And the very next day, you know, like I actually paid for it. So I said, well, so see, you know, like you listen to your body and if you, Body's telling you gluten is not for you, then maybe it's not for you. But some people, some people come to see me. Well, you know, I accidentally consumed some sugar. Okay, well, I did not feel the worst thing. I said, that's okay. You know, like they may, maybe you don't have to use a processed sugar. Maybe, you know, like you need to you know, have a healthier version of the sugar. You know, that was the situation. So that is, I say 70 to 80% the diet should be followed and then listen to your body. And then the food which doesn't agree with you, definitely try to stay away from it as much as you can. Got it. That makes sense. What are the most common reasons people will relapse? We might have just kind of covered that, but are there other things that throw people off and have them get a setback around their Hashimoto's? Stress. You know, like whenever a client starts with me, I said, one free advice that you are going to get from me is that, you know, like start doing some stress reduction exercise daily basis, either meditation or deep breathing or whatever you like. Start doing it right now. And everybody, you know, like not everybody, I will say, but a lot of people actually do not listen to that advice and always ignore it. It was piece. free. <laughs> they yes. don't value it. I know. Right, you start charging for that advice. <laughs> Charge more for that. Exactly, right? Do you have a favorite meditation app or a website or anything else that you refer commonly refer people to? There are actually a couple of them. So, you know, I actually follow a meditation practice of my own. It's called Heartfulness. So like how we have mindfulness, it's called heartfulness. Uh, so they have an app, you know, like they have several YouTube videos, very easy to do, you know, like just focus on your heart 
and then kind of just be in the relaxed phase. So that's one of the very easy, like, you know, uh, things that people can do. So that's one of those things. Then, then, you know, their inside timer is another one, you know, which is a great app that a lot of my folks like it. Uh, very interactive and a lot of things that they can play around with doing it. So I think those are the good ones that, you know, I like and I recommend all of my clients to using it. That's mm. great. What are some of the resources you send people to when they're, if you, if they think they might, aside from your book and your website, which we're going to tell people, what are some of the other resources you recommend people look into to figure out where they lie and what might be wrong with them? Right. So actually, interestingly, again, on my website, I had made this quiz, you know, like a thyroid quiz, which again, you know, like hits on all these five root causes that we spoke about. So through like a series of questions, people can actually get a good sense of which like, you know, trigger might be their issue. So that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people I say, but again, it's free, doesn't cost any money, will give you like all these different categories where it will give you an idea of where you're lying. But other good resources, even for toxins, you know, like, you know, there is ewg.org, you know, wonderful research. So, you know, they have an app, you know, that website is wonderful. Like, you know, if you want to live toxin free, that's uh, like, you know, the website that should be like on your bookmark, like, or like every laptop or every computer, uh, because, you know, you can look up your products, you know, you can choose better products, you know, you can scan things. It'll tell you like what is good, what is not. If you're on a budget, you know, you don't want to kind of eat like, you know, you cannot buy all organic. It'll give you the dirty dozen and everything. So that's a one like, you know, uh, basically like website, all of my clients like I refer out to and kind of help them look out to and it gives good resources. Perfect. So where can people find you and your book? So I'm on social media. People can buy, find me on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel uh, that they can find into. So my... Uh, so my website is anshulguptamd.com, uh, which has tons of information. I have an active blog. You know, I write like, you know, I like to write. Uh, so I have a lot of uh, blog posts written, which is research based. And then, you know, like I have a YouTube channel again with the name of Anshul Gupta MD. So they can find me over there. In my new book, you know, the Refreshing Hashimoto's, obviously we talk in detail about uh, uh, the diet, you know, like so they can also know a much more detailed version of it. Um, but my website also has information. I have a YouTube video, actually, a couple of YouTube videos about the diet too. For the people with Hashimoto's, you know, I want to get this message across to them that there is hope for them to get better. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to suffer and you have to live this life, which is limited by Hashimoto's. You know, you can do much better. Your, your life and quality of life can be much more better. So look for answers and you will get it. Okay, do not settle for a life that you do not enjoy. That's an amazing That's really message. Powerful. Thank you, Thank for you that. Dr. Gupta. You are listening to Dr. Anshul Gupta. We're talking about reversing Hashimoto's disease. And this is another episode of Live Like You Matter. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Inspire and empower someone else by leaving a five-star review. So they can transform their lives too. 